guys, welcome to the Artifacts Podcast, where we discuss how our lives affect art inside out. I am your host, Jade Hassel. For the first episode on Artifacts, I wanted to share with you the story and journey of how I became an artist. I'd like to share this because going after your dream isn't easy. It's actually like a roller coaster. There's no direct line from childhood to being in your ideal career. Usually there are pit stops, roadblocks, mountains to climb, and determination that you have to instill within yourself before you can get to where you want to be. Usually the people who become artists stumble into this role and career. Life has its twists and turns, and the path to your truest calling usually comes unexpectedly. And that's exactly how it did for me. It's story time! Okay, so for real, it's story time. Once upon a time... I was an interesting child, quite focused, determined, and creative. I spent much of my time alone as I was the only child up until about the age of 12. I spent much of my time reading and growing my imagination. I would create stories in my head and then draw from them. When I was about seven years old, I began creating paper people. Super loner moment. (laughs) Paper people, yes. These were little people that I would draw and cut out. I would clothe them, name them, line them up, and create whole lives for them. I was in my own world with them. They were my companions, my alibis, and I absolutely adored them. I drew and played with them every day until the day that I was embarrassed by one of my family members when they made fun of them. I was absolutely mortified. You know when you're a kid and you love something, but the adults that you look up to tease you about the thing that you love. It leaves a mark on you. And this is exactly how childhood trauma plants seeds that become adulthood insecurities. And upon returning home that night, I literally threw them away. I spent the next few weeks mourning the loss of my friends. Because that's actually what they were. They were my friends. And little did I know that that traumatic experience was one that I would unconsciously carry with me in relation to my art for the next 15 years of my life. I did continue on creating for my academic requirements in school. Noticing my gifts in high school, my art teacher, Mrs. Wellman, nominated me for a gifted student award. This led to me being awarded a scholarship to attend the Center for Talented Youth program. I absolutely loved it and I excelled. I was in my element, everything felt right about it, and I showed all signs of becoming a budding artist with a bright future. It was believed by my art teachers and mentors that I would go on to university and study art, and to their disappointment and mine, I went on to study pre-medicine. And if you can imagine, I absolutely fucking hated it. (laughs) And when I say I hated it, I mean the major. The University of North Carolina at Greensboro, where I attended, phenomenal. Phenomenal university. Resources are incredible. The people that I met there, literally have changed my life. I met some of my best friends there. My line sisters, I met them there, where I joined my sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I also joined other organizations that were amazing. And UNCG changed my life for the better. And so when I say I hated it, I mean I hated my major, not the university and not my experience because my experience there added so much value to my life and I don't think that I would be the person that I am today if I didn't attend that university. 
In hindsight, I can look back on this decision and know with 100% certainty that that defining moment as a kid caused me to reject the idea that my art was to be something that I should take seriously. I was molded to believe that art wasn't a worthwhile vocation, that I had to choose something more fitting. I couldn't make a career out of it was what I was thinking. So for the next five years at UNC Greensboro, I threw myself into my studies and buried my dreams of becoming an artist because after all, art was a joke, right? While at university, I didn't create anything for five whole years, not a painting, not a drawing, not a sketch, nothing. I remember one day I had mentioned to my friend Kat that I loved art so much and that I could draw. And I remember it like it was yesterday and she was like, you can draw? You can't love it that much if I've been your roommate for over four years and I've never seen you draw. And that single statement pained me because it stung with so much truth. And when I think back to my college days, I can't even begin to imagine how I even got through that time without creating anything. I don't even know how I was even able to keep my sanity during that time. I was completely focused on coloring inside the lines and going on to do what smart people did. I adopted as my own belief the idea that if I was going to be educated on a bachelor's level, that it needed to be within a field that was going to be useful. And useful in Bermuda meant insurance, medicine, law, or business. After graduation, I could have literally went on to do anything I wanted and done well. But then I had to ask myself, did you really believe this? Because I was still at that time unconsciously going through life, not choosing the one thing that I loved, and that was my art. In 2014 for Valentine's Day, my friend Kat and I decided that we would exchange gifts because we didn't have men at the time. <laughs> so she bought for me the first art supplies I had received after a five-year hiatus. I remember it like it was yesterday. She gifted me a 12 by 16 canvas, a small easel, paints, paint brushes, Sharpie markers, sketch pad, pencils, and a kneaded eraser. It was such an impactful and thoughtful gift because it was the catalyst that I didn't know that I needed at that time. It's interesting because people come into our lives for different reasons. And in hindsight, looking back on it, I have no doubt that she was brought into my life to remind me to get back to my purpose. Since that day in February 2014, I haven't been able to stop creating. I have been creating like a maniac. Despite my obsession with creating at that time though, I still harbored this fear within me. And I had reasoned with myself that I would become an art lawyer. An art lawyer? Soldier boy waste, literally. What the fuck is that? I could laugh ridiculously at it now because I was still not fully believing that I could make a living from my passion. That something more acceptable in society's eyes had to be attached from my art for it to be something worth doing. Life has shown me that experience is far greater than any book knowledge that I could obtain. Life has also shown me that we must follow our intuition and our feelings and that we could literally feel our way through life. That we don't have to listen to other people's expectations of us. That we should listen to our inner voices. The greatest feelings of clarity and desire came to me in 2015. In the fall of 2015, I enrolled in law school. Crazy, right? <laughs> 
still thinking that I would be an art lawyer, I enrolled in law school, still clutching to this belief that academics would bear success in my life. Naturally, of course, law school turned out to be the most absolutely clarifyingly, painfully awful experience that I ever had. I struggled in school between my own expectations and societal expectations and what I knew was my heart's desire. I would find myself in class, drawing, thinking of the next composition that I would piece together, what materials I was going to use, and how I was going to get money to buy more art supplies. Because at the time I was in the UK and it was very difficult for me to be able to work, find the time to make art, and also have enough money to buy the supplies. In late November of 2015, all of these feelings literally came to the surface. I was feeling nauseous and I knew exactly what was the cause of my discomfort. I wasn't living my truth. I knew that I had to leave law school, but I was thinking also in the back of my mind that I had this scholarship, that I'm in law school, I have this direct path that will lead me to success. Why would I give this up? Why would I walk away from this and choose something else when I have it made? I remember it like it was yesterday. I walked into the main building on campus where I had classes this particular day. It was raining outside and I felt like the rain were my tears, literally my tears inside myself. So I walked in from the streets of the city center into the building feeling like my chest was caving in. My heart was beating so fast and I stood there literally thinking about death, facing it square in the face. In my mind replayed this quote that I had recently seen, that the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here that you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take the first step or determined to carry out their dream. So I had to ask myself, could I live with myself and die a slow death all of my life with my gifts still in me? I was standing there facing my fate. I could go left and go to class or I could go right and go straight to the consulate's office and withdraw from school. Fear stood between me and my next footsteps. I took a deep breath I looked left and I walked right. I walked to the counselor's office, leaving behind my scholarship and all feelings of anxiety and regret. If I had thought about it for five seconds longer, I would have backed out of my decision. It was the hardest, most rewarding decision that I ever had to make. And that was the moment that I decided that I would be an artist. So the next few months after I left school were probably some of the most hardest months of my life. Um, I was working a job that I absolutely hated. I was depressed, the weather was bad. And I say the weather was bad because when you're depressed, the weather can contribute to the way that you feel. And so during that time, it was just very difficult for me. And I kind of like went into this panic because I was thinking, how stupid could you be? You gave up your scholarship. Why would you make this decision? Look at how difficult it is now. This is the reason why you didn't want to do this. And I was just so critical of myself during that time because it wasn't happening fast enough for me. I felt like once I had made the decision that the gates were just going to open. But that was com a completely unrealistic way of thinking because it doesn't happen that way. 
when you are building something, you have to start brick by brick by brick. It's not going to happen overnight. And I think at that time, I was thinking that it would. I literally thought that once I left school, that everything would just fall into place. And I got a rude awakening, and I knew that I needed to make a change within myself. I had to put in the work in order for myself to see results. So what I decided to do was work on a project that would keep me motivated and remind me every time that doubt started to slip in of the reason why I had started. So I created the Hassle Free Project, which was a short 10-minute film asking people what they thought living hassle-free or living in their purpose meant. And the idea of the project was deeply connected with overcoming my fear of becoming an artist. The project was one of those ones that I wanted to use to inspire other people to jump into action and to jump in the front seat of their own lives. But it was also for myself as well. I knew that if I was going to be an artist that I had to announce it publicly or I would have privately backed out of my decision. So although I wanted to inspire others with this project, it was also to keep me inspired, to remember why I was doing what I was doing when the journey became tough. And so I often return to this project, look at it, review it, and I remember why. Whenever things get difficult, whenever I need a little reminder, I, I always look back at this project and remember my feelings that I had at that particular moment in my life, where I felt hopeless, where I felt like I made the wrong decision, where I felt like I was going to fail. And so I return to this and it reminds me and keeps me grounded and it also humbles me as well. And so the Hassle Free Project is an ongoing one because I use it often in my life. So thank you to everybody who was a part of that project. You have all unknowingly been a part of my journey since the beginning. So the next 10 months I spent working, researching and planning my transition to a foreign place. Because I was in the UK and it was difficult to get art supplies to be able to afford to be an artist, I knew that I needed to move, but I didn't have any idea of where I wanted to go. Initially, I had planned to go to Korea, but when that situation kind of fell from underneath me, I opened up my search and started looking at other places throughout Asia. And China became the best option for me. I wanted to go to a place where no one knew me, where I could have a fresh start and I can have a clear state. So I made the decision to travel the world and set up a studio space in China where I could work on my craft, prepare a portfolio without distraction. I really needed the time to be alone, have solitude, to think critically and ask myself some tough questions and literally design a pathway to becoming an artist. China's location provided the perfect landscape for growth as an artist because not only is there a rich culture and history, but the access to quality affordable supplies made the country even more appealing for an aspiring artist. I would use my travels to inform my work, use my pay from teaching to fund my art supply list, and free up my time to find mentors and other artists, and most importantly, make art. What's interesting about my transition to China was the loneliness that I felt. When you're alone, you get so absolutely clear about who you are, what you want to say, where you're going in life, and you become confident. Being in a place where you have to literally make it on your own, you become resilient. You grow into a different kind of person. And so being in China really toughened me up and it changed me. It was the growth that I needed so much at that particular point in my life. 
And what's interesting about being there was being inspired to look at myself and the clarity that that looking provided me with. James Baldwin said it best, that when you find yourself in another culture, you're forced to examine your own. Being outside of home guides you to find home within yourself. It provides you with a mirror that reflects back to you the truth about yourself. No other place could I turn but within myself. And this is so important, especially for artists, to get clear about who they are, because it's necessary to know who you are when you want authenticity to show in your work. I grew up on an island where every house is a different color. The waters are turquoise, blue skies, indigenous plants and animals inhabit the lands. There's pink sands that adorn the beaches. It's an absolutely fabulous, fabulous place. The island has incredible beauty that is underpinned by the system of dominance, oppression, and inequity that isn't talked about once you're there on the island. At the very root, my work is an exploration of that duality. This push and pull between beauty and ugliness that exists in the world and trying to find a state of harmony within yourself. So my work is a reflection of who I show up as in the world, a black woman. And the desire to storytell is at the core of my work. I'm inspired by women who have had the greatest impact on my life. Women whose voices go unheard or who have stories that will never be told from their perspective or sometimes not at all. The black woman's story, a story of play, revelation, revolution, imagination, evolution, self-reflection, passion, a human story. My work suggests that identity should be self-determined and understood. The collages that I make and that I share are avatars, an exploration of myself as an exploration of materials. My work explores concepts of representation, perception, identity creation, and childhood themes. I have no doubt that the collages, which I call my alibis, are deeply connected with the paper people that I was creating as a kid. The collages are representations of confident, self-actualizing women. Women who are assertive and who are not afraid to show up in the world as themselves. Women who are bold and sassy. Boss babes who are fierce. They are daring and fabulous. Women who love themselves first and don't seek validation outside of themselves. Whole women who know that the way they show up in the world is enough. They know that they are enough. And if the women in the collages resonate with you, it's because you can see yourself reflected. While this is important, I have remained true to the idea that a work of art is always a work of fiction, even if it's based on real events or created in realism. It's an interpretation, a representation, or a refiguring of something that may or may not have happened. It's still fictional, even if it may have happened. And this is something that I'm always consciously aware of when I'm creating. It's important for us to remember this when we ask art to explain the world to us because art can only go so far. It can set up conditions for understanding, but it's not real life. So in all its fictionness, I paint images that I wish existed in the world. It's up to us to make these representations actual real life people within ourselves. We are the self-actualizing women. We are the confident women. We are the boss babes. We are the goddesses. We are worthy of success. We're self-directed. We're inspiring. We're beautiful and deserving of a magical kind of love. We are the answers that we've been seeking.
for a long time. Everything that we need for ourselves is already deep within us. And it just takes us looking and focusing to find it and discover that gem within ourselves. I'm also currently in a Master's of Fine Arts degree program studying contemporary art where I'm developing my thesis and working on my artifacts project inspired by the discovery of my family tree that connects eight generations back to an Igbo tribe in Nigeria. The artifacts project is centered on using found imagery from African diasporic subjects and transforming them into powerful present day monuments as a meditation on time and public memory. Fear has been right next to me, actually in my ear the entire way through. It's been saying, you can't do it. You didn't study art in undergrad. Your work isn't good enough. How will you make it? How will you support a family when you decide to have one? Everything that I'm hearing from fear are lies. Our minds lie to us to keep us safe. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what your dream is, it will be fearful, but you must feel the fear and do it anyway. Since making the leap of faith on pursuing my career as an artist, I've been working on a solid portfolio, traveled extensively totaling 27 countries and not finished yet, created many artworks, launched my website, showcased my work in Bermuda and China, illustrated three children's books, taken up a voluntary apprenticeship with a professor of painting in China, created an arts program at a training school and was accepted on the strength of my portfolio to a master's of fine arts program. I'm here to tell you that anything, anything that you can imagine, you can be, do, or have it. As long as you believe it, you can. If I can, you can. I literally started from scratch. I had a complete entire career shift and everything that I've created and manifested in my life has been because I believed that I could no matter what, holding on to this vision that no one else could see but me. And so whatever it is that's in your heart, if your dream is to be an artist, hold on to that. Hold on to that vision and keep working and keep producing and keep showing up for yourself every day and it will happen. The other thing that I want to share with you is that it's never too late to start. I think a lot of times people think that if you didn't start something when you were in your youth or you know in your early 20s that you're too old to make a change you're too old to make a shift in your life and that is absolutely not true as long as you have breath in your body you have an opportunity to change your circumstances you have an opportunity to pursue your dream it doesn't matter age is literally just a number and if you believe that you can do something and you want something and you want to make a change for yourself Believe it, start working on it, and you can actually experience it in your life. I'm sharing my story first because I want to establish trust with you as my listeners. And the only way that I feel like I can do that is with transparency and vulnerability. I want you to know the person that you're listening to, the life story behind the work that I make and that I share with you. I'm also sharing because I want to encourage any person who has ever doubted their calling or their dream to remember that it is possible. All you have to do is decide what you want and go for it. And I'd also love for any guest who comes on the show to feel like this is a safe space where they can just be themselves. If they wanna curse, if they wanna scream, if they wanna dance, if they wanna cry, anything is welcome here. Here on the show, I'm looking to cultivate a sense of pride and build community. I really hope that you enjoyed my little story time because I enjoyed sharing with you. 
I hope that it resonated and inspires you into action. Please join me for more episodes to follow. Peace and blessings. Please share with friends, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us online at theartifacts.com and on Instagram at theartifacts. If you'd like to send us a message or to suggest an artist that you'd like to see on the show, please connect with us at theartifacts at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you our upcoming episodes. Peace and blessings. This recording is copyrighted by Jude Hassel and all rights are reserved.